Greetings, precious kinklings. Uh, you're listening to Case for Kinky. <laughs> Where are we? We're on planet what Earth. What day is it? I'm not going to tell you what day it is because it won't be the day that it is for you, which will be a Wednesday because that's always when you guys download this, right? The day it drops. So <laughs> welcome to our podcast. We're so happy that you found us here. Today, we're going to be talking about something very magical. Magical? I don't fucking know, man. No, no, no. Eden, um, I'm, you've, been, you've been called to the principal's office. Report there immediately. It's really hot. <laughs> it's instantly hot because today we're talking about student-teacher role play. Hello, and welcome to the Case for Kinky podcast. This podcast discusses adult topics, so if you are offended by adult topics or are under the age of 18, please stop listening now. Also, while Miss Jen is a therapist, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not to be taken as personal therapy for you. She is not your therapist. And if she is your therapist, just remember that what she says only technically counts in your private sessions. The reason I wanted to talk about this is actually because of the kind of fetish surrounding student teacher. And this is just me completely drum rolling off of my own personal opinion. This is not researched. I am not like founding this in like documentation i will not be reading any wikipedia today we do have we do also have those some anecdotal things that at least i have heard during interviews or other people talk about in terms of why this maybe became a thing i liked um your little role play calling me over the announcer earlier maybe Mm -hmm. you should keep that in your back pocket for later i wanted wasn't that difficult well so why isn't it happening every single night I'm waiting for answers. It's on a random night. Eden. Yeah. Are you kidding how happy I'd be if I was sitting out here just doing whatever I'm doing and you call me into the principal's office from the other room with no warning? Eden, Principal Jones wants to know why you haven't done the dishes yet. I'm concerned about why Principal Jones knows about my dish duty. You're on dish duty in the cafeteria today. Oh, that's a horrible job to have. That's really mean. What did Would I that do work, for that? though? Would that work yeah, better to get work. you to the dishes? Are you Principal Jones? I don't, I could be anybody. So let's actually, thank you for that. And the dean. You're the dean. Oh, my bump my chin. You're the dean. So I feel like the reason, okay, let me, when I was a kid, I had crushes on teachers all the time. And I think it's really normal for many students to have crushes on their teachers. I mean, they specifically often talk about it like in heteronormative ways, you know, I, I guess like as a queer person, I was having crushes on my female teachers but they weren't really recognized as that because there was no way to translate what I was expressing as anything other than like, oh, she just admires her teachers so much. And it wasn't that. You're such um, a good student. <laughs> Always paying so close well, attention. Well, I wasn't a good student. I know. I had my, one of my teachers I had like the biggest crush on was in fourth grade and she actually hated me. And I didn't understand why because I adored her. That's a separate, separate wound that we'll poke at it in another time. The point is... Um, One of my things that I believe is that our first experience of power dynamics outside of the home is with our teachers as kids. It's our first time going into the hands of of adults who are not our parents. And sometimes for many of us, it's the first time that we feel really loved or cherished um, or that we get certain types of attention. And then when you go into like actual school settings, now you're getting real power exchange that's regulated by like structure and like rigid expectation. And like you just said, like the principle and you start to get these scenarios that I feel society is obsessed with. Like there's so many movies and so many books about teenagers or about kids in school i mean many of them are written for that age range but many of them are for adults riverdale is an example that pops immediately to mind that that was not (laughs) a show that was truly meant for children or teens of any kind and we do sexualize teenagers as well and that's very common in media 
I wanted to take a moment to talk very briefly about the fact that while we're discussing the way that media portrays teenagers' sexuality and school, this is definitely unhealthy, especially when we don't draw a line between fantasy for adults and the way that children are treated. Because teenagers are not consenting adults, they are children. And our fixation on teenagers as sexual entities in media is demonstrably harmful. So we don't want to talk about this subject and gloss over the fact that this is something that we should be talking about as a larger society. There are children who are at risk, and I think a lot of us could say that if we didn't have safe adults in our life, we may have been at risk. And unfortunately for many of us, there were unsafe adults. We don't want to talk lightly about this and wanted just to take a moment to acknowledge that this part of the conversation is a bit darker and heavier and it would be a disservice not to mention that our culture should not be fetishizing teenagers the way that we do. So society is fixated on this time period. Not to be super depressing, but many people also look back on their high school years with fondness, nostalgia, and this feeling of that was me at my peak. Which is not a good thing to be feeling. That sucks. If that if you feel that way, let's talk about life and why there are other things in life besides high school. But you do. You hear a lot of people who, you know, there's a whole, like, on Napoleon Dynamite, the freaking uncle, all he wants to do is talk about how he almost made the football thing. It's I have just, no idea what you're talking about. Because we need to I watch Napoleon Dynamite. I the movie in my brain. You, don't, you should not have repressed it. You should not have. That's. I should. No. It's hilarious. Dumb. Okay, you know, we don't need to say things that are hurtful that we can't take back. All right, let's not let's not let's not slander Napoleon Dynamite. Anyways, the point is there's just like an inordinate amount of media stories and things like that surrounding school and usually teenage children. Um, and there's a reason for that. Some some of these reasons might be a little bit more nefarious. Like we should really be questioning why we're sexualizing teenagers so much in media. That's legitimately something that we should be looking at but I want to talk about this student teacher thing because when I was a student I started to develop this fetish really early like I think I was probably 16 the first time I read like a fem slash that had student teacher and it felt super taboo and super not okay but I was so into it because there was this older female role model who in the story was giving attention to this younger person who really needed that role to be filled And it felt like this heaven sent way to get the things that I didn't get from my own mom. And it really fed into my mommy complex. And I developed this thing with teachers very early on. And I feel like as a young adult, I made the mistake of having crushes on teachers in college as well, which is a lot more sticky and weird than in high school or than in middle school, right? I regret those crushes um and i you know it's one of those things where an adult should be honestly creeped out if you are a teacher and you have a student who is hitting on you you should be uncomfortable because it's not appropriate at any level you know and i think that's this other side as an adult now in my 30s i struggle with this fetish that i had as a kid because as an adult who has worked with children i find it disgusting in reality, like in real practice, not the fetish consensually acted out in a role play format as a kid who was fantasizing about that because there are predators who take advantage of people like that, you know? Um, This is all part of the conversation to me. Every single thing I just brought up all factors into student teacher role play and why it's so prevalent. Well, and I was going to bring up 
corporal punishment, oftentimes when I listen to, especially those of older generations or from different countries, I hear interviews and things like that and hearing people talk about their experience with when there was still corporal punishment in the schools and either experiencing the, you know, punishment of, you know, whatever it was, right? The the spanking or the caning or the ruler to the hands or whatever it might be, they either experienced that and sometimes that became something for them later in life that was a turn on, right? A kink, a fetish, or even just observing in others and getting, you know, having it sort of affect them. Because <laughs> a lot of times the teacher would pull a student up to the front of the class and punish them in front of the class. And Public humiliation. <laughs> Huh? Public humiliation. Oh, for sure. So, you know, even seeing that from the seats, so to speak, Wait, has also really influenced... Wait, that really to you? In... No, not to me. Oh. Okay. I literally said in listening to people's stories and interviews oh, okay, okay, and... Okay. Where'd you go? I... <laughs> Did you talk about your crushes and then like in the, your <laughs> brain just kind of wander off into... <laughs> I think my brain went off into shameland of like times when I didn't really like fully grasp why it was so not okay as a student to be interested in a teacher. Yeah, well, that's where it comes down to like at that point, you are dealing with power differential. Right. right? And Just that's... like have, being in a job and having your your boss, you know, and, and you as a subordinate, it's... Well, and I think BDSM and kink offers a way to pursue these types of power dynamics safely. And I sure enough found a teacher who I am now dating (laughs) like that did actually happen for me Um, but it happened for me in a kink context where what I wanted which was legitimately a power exchange and also like a caretaker younger person dynamic like I got that I got that by overtly communicating I wanted that see I am the parent the teacher the principal the dean the (laughs) I'm all the things (laughs) and you can play that with me anytime you want and I'm right here for it but I think that's the point right is that when it's done between two consenting adults that outside of that don't have a power differential in terms of like in the workplace or, you know, whatever, like in a relationship or even a friendship, you're doing role play and it's negotiated and it's consensual and it's two adults. And, you know, that is different than what it could look like in reality. But I think when we talk about these types of role plays and these types of scenarios, it's similar to whenever we talk about any kind of role plays and scenarios that when done in reality are not okay, are illegal, are immoral, are whatever, to remember that that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about in, you know, in real life doing these things. We're talking about role play. We're talking about if you want to think about it in the sense of acting, you know, that's how we're talking about this is we're adults playing pretend in the world of kink. The reason I wanted to talk about the reality behind it is because while the situations that we're recreating and like acting out are not obviously like literal, they're not, they're not unsafe, they're not, um, you know, illegal, right? Um, the feelings and the parts of ourselves that maybe developed these desires at a younger age those are still alive like those are those are very real at least for me it's very real that desire to be cared for and to have that type of dynamic with somebody who is older wiser and who has authority that's very real and it makes sense that in a vanilla world where there's not a lot of options available to you on that front you attach to the only authority figures in life that you regularly interact with which is teachers so I think that's so important to understand because this is a very popular kink 
right? Like that is like something in the Very vanilla popular. world. People are always like school schoolgirl principal. Like this is so basic. It's like the first thing you think of besides pizza delivery, which by the way, pizza delivery does not deserve to be up in the same ranks as teacher student because pizza delivery psychologically is just, hey, look a stranger at the door with pizza, food and a person. Excellent. <laughs> like that's just laziness. Um, you just want two for one. Um, versus like, you know, teacher student teacher student it really gets I feel deeply into some psychological stuff for a lot of people and even to pull back a little bit for some people because of the automatic authority piece it just turns into the idea of feeling like if you're sent to the office for you know doing something wrong or whatever it's it's even just that feeling of like oh I've been naughty right and it's that like ooh, sexy naughty whatever right yeah. And that's fine. You know, some people will use these scenarios just as a as a kickoff point, right? They might just say, you know, okay, I'm the principal and you got in trouble. Get over my knee. You're getting a spanking. And then from there, they just go right into sex or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, they just go right into or sex. Or you can do a whole, an entire scene around that scenario. We usually, we advertise just randomly for people if we think they're doing a great job, but there is actually an opportunity coming up on September 16th called Anarchy's Wayward Academy for Perverse Students. This is run by Domina Tetra at Sanctuary LAX, and this is a party that is entirely school and teacher themed. And you can go there and you fill out the ways in which you're comfortable being punished. And there's a bunch of things that you can do wrong to earn a punishment, basically. But it's perfectly set up for this exact type of role play. Yeah. And if you go back to our spanking episode, actually, if you haven't listened to that already, there's spanking groups that often will tie into a back to school theme. Like those two groups, like back to school role play and and the spanking community go hand in hand a lot of the times. Yeah. So if you have any local spanking groups, check out what events they have around this time of year. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to some movies or things that are formative that we can share between each other just for fun for the listeners to hear. I'll share a couple. You'll share a couple when you think of like, what are your first moments with student teacher that you encountered or at least archetypes of teachers that really stuck with you when you were growing up? The first thing that pops to mind when I think of what started this fetish was Matilda. And Miss Jen needs to watch Matilda. You showed it to me. It was the first time I'd ever seen it, but I watched it. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, we need to watch With it you. again. No, we don't. It's like such a good movie. It's so classy. Well, I feel really good <laughs> if we watch it. But first of all, you have both of the two teacher archetypes in one movie. You have Miss Honey, who is just a queer dream. I swear she is. <laughs> and then you have Miss Trunchable, who is terrifying and also very queer. Like, it's actually a very queer movie, honestly. I will I will die on this hill. I will die on this hill that Matilda should be oh, read through a queer lens. my face is just me trying to think of movies. Oh, okay, I'm not okay. judging you. I thought you were judging my Matilda no. stuff. But anyways, um, that, that that for Miss Honey, for me, she's just like this perfect maternal presence who's also a teacher, who's so sweet, who's so kind, who has authority, but who doesn't abuse it. And I just adored her with every ounce of my little kid heart. I adored Miss Honey. Miss Trunchable scared the shit out of me. I remember being in actual preschool playing being shoved into the chokey because children play like that like the chokey by the way if you haven't seen matilda is like this closet filled with like sharp things like nails and shards of mirror and stuff that like miss trunchbull would put the kids into and punish them it's horrifying honestly um this is roll doll i mean i just want to be real children's books were written this way not that long ago with this type of stuff. But that's the one of the most formative like movies. Another movie that I watched much older when I was 14 or 15 
was very formative but got more and more disturbing with every rewatch as I got older and older. This one was called Loving Annabelle. And in it, there is a teacher who is, I feel, very hot. Just saying. She's pretty hot. They did a good job casting her. And she's also very believable. Like that actor gave so much of herself to that role. It was really wonderful to watch her. Basically, the premise is that there's this troubled teen who goes to an all-girls school and seduces the teacher who is closeted and they end up having an affair and the teacher actually gets arrested at the end. It's realistic in that way. I watched this thing and my, my mind was blown as a young kid who just had just come out and who was, you know, trying to figure things out. Um, but I cannot recommend it as like necessarily like a must watch movie. But if you haven't seen Loving Annabelle and you're like, I'm kind of down to watch some weird vibes and some inappropriate stuff like this is this is a cool movie to point you to. I haven't seen that. I would totally love to watch you. Whoa. <laughs> that came out correct. I would love to watch you. I would love to watch creepy. you watch it. Oh, that's so creepy. I think it is creepy. Honestly. Oh, Echo snuggling with his little mousey. He's a baby. Oh, my God. He really is just sleeping with a mouse he like is. a child with a toy. Oh, and now he's posing. Now he's posing. And he's curled. <laughs> he's showing his belly. He, we're making eye contact, him and I, right now. It's actually a little too much. I mean, there's the classic film, which I think a lot of people think of, that came out, I want to say, in the 60s, is Lolita. That's kind of a classic film that a lot of people will reference. The only the only film that I could think of, and this is how my brain works, because I do not remember movies and stuff unless I've seen it multiple times or have recently seen it, and even that's a crapshoot. But I, I thought of The Breakfast Club. It's actually a good one. That's a good example. He's a teacher. He's heavily involved. He's kind of abusive. Like when I was thinking about like, you know, the Molly Ringwald character and she has a little moment with her lipstick and like that kind of stuff. But then the teacher, I love the line, like, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. I mean, not that he actually does anything. He's kind of a goob. I'm doing the horn gesture. Yeah. But I can't, I'm really bad at thinking of movies and stuff. For most kids... Your first villains and also your first heroes in stories are often teachers because they're the adults in your life who aren't your parents who are either there to help or hinder you. I mean, Harry Potter is an example, and I I actually don't talk about Harry Potter as often as I used to. Um, For those of you who are aware, I used to be a super fan, and then J.K. Rowling has been terrible and has ruined a really great thing for everybody. So thanks a lot. I bring up Harry Potter in this case because of the emphasis on the roles that teachers play in the lives of students. And... Harry Potter, quite frankly, has one of the largest fan fiction bases of all time for any fandom. It is insane. Like, sifting through Harry Potter fan fiction is a task to find what you're looking for. But there is a ton of teacher-student stuff under that genre because of the environment and because um, some of the most dynamic and interesting interactions in the series are between students and teachers. So we really see, we really see this a lot in children's media And I think adults who watch this media grow up and we cherish the stories, we cherish the archetypes, and we probably fantasize about the archetypes. And as adults, we still hold the fantasy, even though we're no longer, obviously, in the literal position of the student or of the teacher, whoever, you know. Yeah, I didn't, I wasn't um, exposed to Harry Potter until I was post-grad school. So I was not a child with, with that stuff. I think the other thing, though, is like when you were growing up, like, 
Charlie Brown has a wah, 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 wah. Like, a lot of the adults possibly in the, the media that you watched were off camera. I feel like there was a lot of adult presence in a lot of the media that I watched as a kid. I don't know. Maybe. I'd have to think about it. Like, She-Ra and Thundercats. Go for cartoons where you're and in a classroom setting. I, I'm trying to think. Like, I mean, Peanuts, Snoopy is probably one of the only ones. Um... It's just hard to watch you struggle. <laughs> strawberry Shortcake. Uh, you watch Strawberry Shortcake? Probably. Smurfs. So cute. Fraggle Rock. Huge generational difference. <laughs> We're laughing about it, but a lot of the cartoons and movies that I watch really emphasized the the, the, the student teacher stuff. And I don't I don't know, not even student teacher, like sexually or like anything like that. I'm just saying like that relationship style or like those archetypes are really big for me growing up so it also could be that i laser focused on those things because i was really interested in that because Maybe. teachers were the only female role models that were consistent for me when i was a kid i could even the mean ones i could count on them to be there and what they were going to be i knew what they would do you know so like i really latched on to any female role models i had yeah and i i think i only ever like in any schooling like kinder through grad school like I think I can only remember like having crushes on teachers maybe once or twice like it was very rare just wasn't really a thing for me I can remember the names of all the teachers I've had crushes on from first grade <laughs> all the way through so like it was a very it's been a long time it's I remember long one of them since. no that wasn't his name but role play is one of those things that it's a good crossover right between vanilla and and kink worlds it's something that's really accessible it doesn't take I mean it takes skills <laughs> but more like acting skills it doesn't take like hard skills in terms of how to use certain implements and that kind of thing you know and I think people to one degree or another can play with role play and have fun with it to the point that they're comfortable what are some of the best student teacher role plays you can think of you already started off with mean? one at the beginning of this episode go ahead and <laughs> oh I flesh thought it out meant, I thought you meant like specific characters that you've seen or something so different like just different role play scenarios yeah well let's see there could be the scenario <gasps> what about teacher parent so like the scenario that i'm thinking of is like teacher has a student who's like i don't know a football player and needs to pass all of his classes and the parent comes in because the teacher is failing him. And so the parent comes in for a parent-teacher conference and the teacher's like, look, these are your kids' grades, but I could think of other ways that you could persuade me to get their grades Ooh, up. Ooh, right? that's really good. I have another one. Same concept. Uh, <laughs> but we're off the topic of teacher-student <laughs> now. But the other one is the parent the parents come in and none of them know the answers to like the questions that the teacher's trying to ask like this is what i'm teaching your kids this is why they're not getting good grades and the teacher just like loses their shit and starts punishing the parents every time they get questions wrong because they don't remember what they learned in high school because it's been so long <laughs> that's not nice that's super funny <laughs> you know there's so many teachers who want to punish the parents for not being like aware at all of like social studies or anything like math like it'd be so out of sync it's so funny for a teacher student like one example the most obvious one is like getting in trouble at school Mm -hmm. like not doing well at school and needing to go in to like talk about grades right but another one that i really like is a bully like a student who is a bully having to deal with a teacher whose job it is to rein in that student because it can go a number of ways like you can take this role play and it can be the teacher is the one teaching that student and overpowers that student and like changes that student and it can be transformative in a healthy way like it could be like i'm punishing you because i care about you and i want you to do better 
But it could also be, I'm punishing you because I'm going to let you see what it feels like to be bullied. It can be from that tone. It could also be, I'm punishing you and I'm going to beat the, the, this, this horrible thing out of you. Like there's all of these different ways that it can be really overwhelming. But the other way is that the bully goes in to meet with the teacher and the bully actually overpowers the teacher and actually manages to like bully the teacher. Like there's so many ways you can take these concepts and flip them around, around, around like a Rubik's Cube of fascinating potential outcomes depending on the motivation of the character. And then the teacher quits. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's all interesting. And I think even just the straight up like, you know, corporal punishment you got in trouble and now you're going to have a hundred swats with a cane. Like plenty of people are really into just a corporal punishment scene. And that can easily be included in, or, you know, you can easily utilize a school-based role play for that. Yeah. One of my favorite modern takes on school that also removes for me the discomfort of like the inappropriate age gap between like, someone who's like supposed to be a younger character and an older an older teacher right is um on the witcher so i'm not really spoiling much but i'm still going to talk a little bit about the plot of season one of the witcher so you know if you haven't seen it yet this is your warning all right but there's um an episode that's like perfectly contained like it's a perfect episode by itself it stands alone when yennefer gets picked up by uh the head principal of artuza i think is the name of the school and she finds her and she basically saves her from a, a poverty situation where she's being abused by her parents and she buys her for the same price as she would a pig and then instead of keeping her as a slave or a servant she brings her back and turns her into a student and trains her and there's this really interesting dynamic between this this principal slash teacher character um, and and Yennefer because she, she's an antagonist. She calls her piglet, and it, it's horrible for her self esteem. But she also challenges her to do better and better and better and better. The, the teacher's name is Tessaya, and Tessaya DeVries. You really know this well. I've read a lot of fanfiction for it. Oh, no. I would be a very bad fanfiction reader <laughs> if I didn't remember the main characters' names. But um, Yennefer's story is fascinating because she starts off at the bottom of the social order and she has this assertive, dominant woman come into her life who is her teacher who bullies her into being better, saves her from herself on numerous occasions, and then becomes sort of like a companion or a friend. Like their their journey changes, but it's a really interesting exploration of a teacher and a student without actually having to deal with age gap, but you are dealing with huge power differential. I love dynamics like this to explore and role play. I love it. Well, and you could have a field day with just exploring different role plays by looking at like schools for like at-risk youth, like people that are just fucking up all over the place. And so their parents who are probably rich send them off to like the schools for like the wayward kids or whatever and just have all kinds of what's the word I'm looking for shenanigans mischief not making the word I'm looking for encounters like, rendezvous not evil but like the people who run those schools taking advantage and knowing like nobody's gonna believe these kids because they're all misfits and like just taking advantage of that that could go into some dark places yeah I mean there's some I mean this is honestly if you're going to do teacher-student, you can do it really lightheartedly and ignore the moral implications, right? And people, I think, a lot of the time do that. But I feel like the fun of this and the reason that – the reason it's interesting is because of the moral dilemma. At the end of the day, being able to really delve into that makes this so tantalizing to be able to explore it. 
And that's um, really, you can say that about any sort of CNC type play. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I Exploring feel like. Exploring those dark corners. Yeah. I feel like you're missing the boat if you don't try to go dark with student teacher role play to a degree. I love also the fact, like maybe that's another reason why there's so much fantasy surrounding student teacher is that there are school environments where it children are completely taken away from their parents and basically your universe becomes centered at that school you engage in a world that is the rules are different the laws are different the way that you're dealt with is different your your freedoms are different and your vulnerability is different in why environments did I like just, that why did i just get a flash of sabrina because it's a school <laughs> environment it's another environment where the, there are no parents really present in the stories but there are a lot of teachers and there are a lot of principals and you really see in narratives with you know young young people as like you know the center like you know students you really see the adults playing out this good and evil thing where you get like the, the people abusing power all the time like chilling adventures of sabrina is a great example one of the teachers is the freaking devil basically like not literally but like that's kind of a spoiler, but it kind of isn't. <laughs> it's been out for a while, y'all, okay? I love that you thought of Chilling Adventures. Another one that's just come out is um, Wednesday. Wednesday, it t- takes place entirely at a school, and you see, you run the gamut of, of teachers. You know, you have people who all of them seem suspicious to a degree, and all of the students are kind of held to the laws of that school. It feels like this microcosm of the universe. It's almost a safe place when you're fantasizing to explore dynamics like this because it's so contained. I was going to give another example, and then I realized it has nothing to do with schools and has everything to do with um, clergy. <laughs> Well, and this is interesting. So here Ms. Jen brings up the word clergy. So there are Catholic schools. Mm -hmm. And this is where you start to cross over into that kink with like religion and like priests and nuns. And like that starts to come together. And a lot of corporal punishment happened in private schools like that. Yeah. So that's where that comes in. And I think it's a really interesting crossover. I was actually thinking it this whole time because I was really honestly like – the dynamic between like a head nun and her lower nuns is very similar to a teacher and a student. There is some messed up stuff in the uh, American Horror Story archives for pairings with, with nuns. Mm. Oh, if you're really yeah. interested in seeing some cool fan fiction, highly recommend looking that up. <laughs> Sister Jude slash anybody. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking of a totally different movie, um, which is one of my favorite movies actually of all time. Should I say it? Yeah, say it. Primal Fear. You're going to watch it. Okay. I'm going to make you watch it. It's one of my favorite movies, but it definitely has the whole like clergy wayward kids taking advantage theme. I want to come in here and say this like kink is amazing because it lets you go to dark places and it's so much better to consensually. Yeah, it's so much better to go to dark places in a safe way than it is to have to experience them through life. Right. And I feel like the other outlet for going to dark places is media and TV and stories. This is why we see stories like Matilda being told to children where there is a principal who locks five and six-year-old children into a closet filled with, like, knives and, and shit poking out of the walls, right? Like, this would never really happen in anything but the worst possible circumstances. But in children's stories, the ultimate evil appears. And when we tell stories to each other and when we role play and we fantasize, we go to these extremes because – we want to know what's possible. And I really feel like teacher-student role play, again, it's so common. It's so popular. And many people do it on such a, I would say, like instinctive and almost like simple level where it's like, I just want to play these basic archetype roles. And that's perfectly acceptable to just be like, I want to occupy the shape of this for a second. But um, I think that at the core for me as an adult, 
it gets darker and darker. Well, and one of the great things about kink and role play um, and all of and, and just kink in general is that, you know, somebody from the outside looking in might be like, oh, God, like you went to Catholic school, like you went through those things. Why in the hell would you want to recreate that now um, if that's you know the case? And I think what's great about kink and, and role play and whatever is that by taking those things that were from one extent to another traumatic for somebody, by taking them out and playing with them, playing with those concepts, playing with those situations, it becomes less scary, you know, and that's that's a big part of why people will often say that while kink is not therapy, it can be very therapeutic because we take these these things that maybe scared us in our past or that we went through that were horrible as children even. Um, and we get to take them out and play with them, you know, in a, in a safe environment and in an environment where we get to call stop, you know? Well, I'll say the the last thing I want to end on here, which is really interesting. I, I didn't even realize I was going to share this, but I recently went to a role play class and had an opportunity to really step into my top side. And I've been really flexing my top muscles, trying to figure out what I am into, you know, and I found out at this class, I'm very into role play from every side of the slash. I, I really enjoy role play. Um, I just need to do it more. <laughs> I feel like being able to indulge in these characters and in these archetypes and being able to play with them out loud with people who are there to play with you and who want to explore with you is not only healthy, but almost important as a person who's growing, to understand these dark corners that we often carry with us throughout our lives and many people just don't even want to look at. You know, and I, I invite you with a role play concept like teacher-student, which again, could be very basic, could be very simple, but could also get really deep and dark very fast, to look at what about this fetish might interest you and why. And to kind of sit if you are uncomfortable as I am sometimes with, you know, in real life, this is a really horrible thing. But in this fantasy, I'm not playing in real life. And just to remind everybody, this is the type of play too, especially the darker you go, that is not free of risk, right? You, I don't want to have a whole episode where we talk about how great <laughs> role play is and all these exciting dark corners to explore and not remind everybody that doing this type of play is risky. You could negotiate your head off. And was it pants off? I did. <laughs> And you're like, well, I mean, maybe, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it doesn't have to be, um, but no, you can <laughs> negotiate, you know, super legit, like get as much as you can possibly talked about beforehand. Um, and this is the type of play that you could still step on a landmine or two and knowing that going in and understanding, um, what safety plans you have in place on an emotional level on a mental level definitely keep that in mind but um i want to know please i'm really begging you tell me are you into teacher student role play is this a fantasy that you enjoy and why have you had any formative movies or stories that shape how you see teacher student role play um, I mean, I already took Matilda, but you can definitely echo that because I feel like an entire generation of people watched Matilda and had a lot of reactions to it. A lot of fetishes are probably formed from that movie. Just the cake eating scene alone for somebody somewhere was a big deal. I didn't see it till I was an adult and knew you, so You're welcome. it did not influence me. I also introduced you to Napoleon Dynamite, and we're back in. And we're back in. Oh, you God. cannot escape Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite is coming for you. Terrifying statement. <laughs> 
on that note, we're going to go ahead and wrap the episode. <laughs> Lena, our vampire in Canada. Our vampire in Canada. <laughs> Sid, our... Tech wizard. Tech wizard. I was getting there. And Tussled, who is our word wizard. No, you can't use the same the same thing. Just the, our wordsmith. <laughs> Okay, wordsmith and wonderful human. Um, also, of course, we <laughs> want to call out our commie kinkling pudding. Pudding pop, you're the best. We really like to say your name on the podcast. <laughs> the hell? I don't know. I tried to do like a little pudding pop like commercial. Oh. All right, everybody. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. And, uh, you know, it's that time of year, man. Have fun getting getting some of that back-to-school action and enjoy some, some consensual role play. Be well, precious kinklings. Bye. Bye.